From Johannesburg to Jerusalem, the world is always changing, growing and innovating. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he brings you the trendsetters, the thought leaders and those creating news before it happens. Only on the New Blue Review, your favorite Jewish culture and current affairs show. Every Monday at 9 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. Now, if you have been watching South Africa over the last week, you'll no doubt be worried about certain things. And if you're of a, let's say, certain age, you might be wondering, what about retirement? And what am I going to do as I get older? And there's lots and lots of things to think about when it comes to this particular issue. And not just retirement, really living out your older years. So we have someone who knows something about this, not because he is uh, retired just yet, but because he figures this out uh, as he goes along for a living. His name is Barry Kaganson. He's the CEO of Aurea Senior Living, and he's going to be talking to us today about the issue of senior living. Barry, welcome to the show. Thanks for, very much for being with us. Thanks, Benji. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, just as a, a sort of intro to this discussion, you don't like to use the word retirement, do you? No, that's quite right, Benji. So we at Aurea Senior Living, we refer to senior living. We don't refer to retirement um, for, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, we believe that uh, this stage of your life isn't necessarily about retiring. It's about a different set of needs and, and lifestyle choices, which are defined by happiness, security, peace of mind and health. And these are really specific uh, to an age in one's life or a stage in one's life, rather than the fact that one may or may not be retired. Retirement is really a, is really a financial um, thing. So, so at, the, at the end of the day, we, we talk about senior living because it refers to a certain age of one's life. And that age uh, globally is about 78. When I say that age, what I mean by that is the age of people moving into continuing care retirement communities. And I can speak a, bit, uh, a little bit about what that is later. But people moving into continuing care retirement communities globally, the average age is about 78. Um, and the average age of people living there is about 82. Now, that talks to a certain demographic of people who have certain um, needs and concerns that are being addressed uh, in these communities. And those are very different to someone, for example, who's, say, 55 years old. Now, now you'd know that one can easily, well, people certainly retire in their 50s, um, but that be, that's really a, a, a financial issue. Does that mean that if you're in your 50s and retired, you should be living in, in one of our senior communities, senior living communities? We, we would say no. But if you're 85 years old, for example, and you're still working, uh, should you be living in one of our communities? Absolutely, yes, because it's about your your needs and desires at a certain stage of your life. So that's why we don't really refer to retirement. We think in this instance it's a bit of a misnomer, and we talk about uh, we talk about senior living. So we're really talking here about decoupling the notion of retirement, which may happen at sixty five or may not, and if you have enough money or you you don't. All of these are, are different questions. Uh, as opposed to the question of particularly where am I going to stay and, and how am I going to live? Because once you, as you say, get to a certain age, uh, the, the, where you live actually becomes really important from a, a safety perspective, from a quality of life perspective. So maybe talk to us about that element of, of the, the physical surroundings that are so important, uh, when you're looking at the senior living phase, as you put it. Yeah, so, so Veggie, that's a good question. And I think the important thing to, to talk about here is really what, what we mean when we say a continuing care retirement community or continuing care senior living community, because that's really what we do. 
And what that is, is a, a single community that offers fully independent living, as well as various types of assisted living all in one place. And this assisted living could range from home-based care um, to supportive care or what's traditionally called frail care in South Africa, um, as well as dedicated dementia care. So the, the bottom line is um, if and when your needs change, all the assistance and care that you could possibly need adapted to your unique requirements is available to you on site. Now, if we can start off with, with independent living, because that is really what most people are after going into these communities. Independent living is for people who want to be completely self-sufficient, uh, but just want access to lifestyle amenities and assistance where necessary, and really want to live what we call, I guess, a, a hassle-free life. And that is a, a, a living in an environment where someone else takes care of what we call all the, let's call them the drudgeries of day-to-day existence. So home maintenance, um, you know, uh, gardening, um, even dining. Uh, there's obviously uh, dining options available within our communities, um, security, et cetera, et cetera. So all that is really looked after for you um, so that you don't have to uh, be concerned about these things and uh, that you have assistance with these on a day-to-day basis as and when you need it. So, so most people are living completely independently. Uh, within these communities. Then, of course, if your needs change, and I must say if your needs change, because people often have this perception that if they move into these communities, that, that precipitates this decline, which is absolutely not the case at all. It's only a, a percentage of people who would ever need um, some form of assistance going forward. And um, the important thing to know is that if that assistance is required, it is there for you without you having to have, to, without you having to move. Because, of course, the move in itself is um you know is is quite a quite a thing to do at a time in your life when you might need assistance um what one often isn't in a position to move um for whatever reason so i think it's important to know for people that moving in, in moving into these communities that to start one is going to live an engaged uh, vibrant life in a community of like-minded people um with all the support and care that one could or would need um in their later years going forward and, and as such, Barry, you know, when, when yeah. we're talking about this, you're also literally talking about the physical environment because, you know, if you're in a apartment block or, or something like that, sometimes these things are not so geared towards people who might need wheelchair access or might not want to walk so far, for example, or, or don't have necessarily a central amenities area where cultural events are taking place. So I'm assuming that you guys have actually also thought about from the physical perspective, where where people might need to be at. Yeah, so so, so so that is very important, is the facilities that are available to people in these communities. And it's, it's not only facilities with regards to support and care. It's also facilities with regards to um, social activities, um, intellectual activities, wellness, et cetera, et cetera. So just to give you an example, within our communities and with any, within any um, bona fide, well-managed and well-run uh, senior living community, one will find, for example, uh, various dining options, restaurants, coffee shops. Uh, in our communities, we have gyms, we have um, exercise studios where we offer yoga, Pilates classes, um, indoor swimming pools. Um, we have cinemas within our communities where we where we show uh, movies, series, um, etc., etc. Every single day um, for residents, um, documentaries. We have guest speakers that come in on a regular basis about various topics. Um, we have bridge clubs. Um, 
Uh, and also we have um, an internal structure which supports wellness. So that will be physiotherapists, biokineticists, multidisciplinary teams, all providing various interventions, interactions, and um, activities that support people's health, wellness, and of course, support their independence for as, for as long as possible. Senior living spaces where you may want to spend your final years in uh, happiness and and safety. And Barry, I think safety is a huge element that uh, people must be thinking about at the moment. You know, we're seeing all these things on our on our screens, looting, viruses, all these sorts of things. What are the parameters around security that you guys think about when you're looking at, uh, at, at that particular part of it? Yeah, Benji, that's a very important point you raise. And, and of course, security when it comes to older people um, is, is far more multidimensional than it is when it comes to people who are younger. And of course, when, <clears throat> typically in South Africa, when we think about the word security, we think about the physical security, the guarding, uh, the armed response, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that, of course, is a given within our communities as it should be within any senior living community. But security for older people goes beyond that. Um, and it talks a lot to, 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 to wellness, to peace of mind, et cetera. And really what that means is that is the security of knowing that one's not only is one's um, physical situation protected, but one's wellness and one's health. Um, is protected and and there's various uh, facets to that um the, the first one of course is is some kind of an emergency protection so um for older people one of their one of their big uh, risks and also one of their big fears is that of for example falling um now uh within a within a senior living community there is emergency response uh, there should be panic buttons placed at strategic points within every residential unit such that if someone does have a fall they are able to uh, obtain assistance within literally within minutes. So in our communities, there are panic buttons placed at floor level with, uh, throughout all the residential units. And if somebody hits one of those, um, in the event of a fall, there'll be a security guard and a medical, uh, or a care, uh, a care qualified person or a nurse uh, within about four minutes. And the security of having that is, uh, of knowing that one has that, um, is enormous. The, the statistics for, um, the outcome of an unattended fall in an older person in terms of recovery um, is quite clear that the quicker one responds to a fall, um, the, the, the better the prognosis. So that becomes very important uh, for older people. The other aspect of, 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 let's call it wellness security, is, a, is some sort of proactive wellness monitoring in that our care teams would meet with residents on a regular basis to make sure that we somehow are able to pick up any uh, possible decline or any possible need for assistance uh, before it becomes problematic. So there's a security of knowing um, that your wellness is being managed in some way by the on-site team. And I think lastly, and you mentioned it just before you asked the question, uh, currently when the, the way we find ourselves in this global pandemic, I think the, the, the security of that, certainly that our residents had, of knowing that they were living in a professionally managed environment where they could be supported and assisted during this time of, of of isolation, but more importantly, where we were able able to put this what we call this protective bubble around our communities, and to do extensive testing on all our staff and residents to ensure the integrity of our communities with regards to asymptomatic uh, COVID infection. And I must say that we we picked up a lot of infection within our within our staff complement and and our residents, and a lot of it was asymptomatic. So if we hadn't done this testing, we wouldn't have known that these people were were, were positive, and we wouldn't have been able to take the 
the very swift steps to isolate and remove them from the communities. When I say remove, I'm talking about the staff, of course, uh, to send them home to isolate so that they, so that they didn't spread this infection further. And since the start of COVID, we've done over 8,000 tests um, across our communities and we do it on a regular basis and we continue to do it. Um, also with regards to vaccination, because you mentioned that at the beginning, uh, we would, as of, as of Thursday this week, we would have vaccinated, and that's the second dose, every single one of our residents and our team members within our community. So I think, um, from a, from a COVID perspective, our residents have benefited from the security of knowing that this has been well managed and has been able, has enabled them to live a far better life within this pandemic than they would have lived um, had they been outside these communities. And, and we've certainly had that feedback from residents, that they feel incredibly fortunate that they're able to live in a professionally managed senior living environment, be protected and supported during the time of this pandemic. So I think those are all critical things when one talks about security. As I said, it's, it's multidimensional. So it has various aspects to it, not just the guard at the front as, as important as they are. Now, of course, all of these extra added elements when it comes to senior living does cost extra monies for the, the company that's providing it. Um, there's lots of it, you know, extra personnel, extra infrastructure, et cetera. Uh, and, and, and that does come with extra costs, which, which you have to pay. But there are a variety of ways, um, of, of, of paying for these sorts of services, depending on the com- community. And I'd just like to explore that with you for a bit. And also, when do you start to think about you know, getting yourself in a list, booking, having a look, because although, as you said, it's in your 70s that you might move into one of these facilities or your 80s, you can actually you know, get ahead of the curve, but but not too soon. Yeah, so I'll start with your second question first, <laughs> and that is when should people consider moving into a senior living community? So, so really, there's no there's no right or, or, or wrong time, um, but certainly we, we would advise people to start considering their options and planning sooner rather than later. So if you start the process early, you have time to research which community is best for you. And of course, as you probably know, um, most of the good senior living communities, certainly around South Africa and indeed globally, have quite extensive uh, waiting lists. Most people want to live in a similar area um, to where they are currently residing. In other words, if they're living in, for example, Glen Hazel, they wouldn't want to move out to Madran, for argument's sake. Uh, so they want to live somewhere somewhere nearby, firstly. And secondly, most people want to move into a community where they already know people or have friends or have like-minded people possibly from their communities uh, within those senior living communities. So the, the choice of the actual community is quite important. And that's why it's important to start planning early to identify where you want to be and if you need to, to be able to put your name on that waiting list so that when the time comes when you are ready or when you want to move, um, you're able to move to the place of your choosing rather than to, to, to kind of have a, a last minute scramble and, and only be able to find uh, a place in your second or third or fourth choice, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that would be important to people. Um, and also, of course, people must investigate within those communities. Are they offering the relevant support and care that they need or that they might need um, going forward later in life? Because what one doesn't want to do is move into a community and have to move again. One, one needs to be sure that you only need to move once. So I think that's that, that's important. And, of course, planning is, is critical to this. It, with regard to your second question, um, in terms of how uh, payment is made uh, for the various services that one is offered in these senior living communities, I think that's a very important point. And that's where I get on to, and it's often a, a question that gets asked, is um, 
when I look to move into one of these senior living communities, what about, do, do I go somewhere with that's life rights or do I look at sexual title? I think the first thing to look at is, um, is the community the place that you want to be? The second, the second part is, is, is it a life rights community or not? Um, at Aurea Senior Living, um, we operate under the life rights model. And, and really explain what, that, Barry, because I think not, yeah. not everyone may be familiar with what that means. Right. So, so, so really what a life right is, is a payment of a sum of money. Let's just call it a purchase price because that's really what it is. So, so you buy a life right in exchange. You, you, there's no transfer of ownership as such in the deeds office, but you get all the benefits of ownership of the property during your lifetime in terms of right of use. So, so you have the right to occupy the property for the rest of your natural life or that of your spouse. Um, Etc. So, so, so essentially you're buying the right to live in the property for the rest of your life. Um, and on vacating the property, uh, an amount is refunded to you, which is typically uh, a percentage of the capital sum that you pay. So let's assume you pay 2 million rand. You'll either get back when you, when you leave the 2 million rand or a portion of the 2 million rand. And that depends widely uh, on the different schemes and the operator, um, then would resell the unit and they would gain the capital appreciation on that resale. Now, now why that is important is, so, sorry, maybe if I can just take a step back. While one is living in the unit, one pays a monthly, um, call it a levy or a monthly service fee. And that really covers the operating costs, uh, generally, um, of living in, in the senior living community. Now, the, the the expensive part, uh, as you as you asked, Benji, is that, where does really the the money come from? And that is what, what people should should view a life right as is a pay on exit model. Essentially, what you're doing is you're paying some of the capital that you paid upfront to the operator on leaving, on departing, and then the capital upside is paid to the operator. So really, what you're doing is you are paying the operator for the services you receive on exit. And of course, most people are no longer around when they, when they're exiting these retirement villages. So it's a very efficient way to use your capital during your lifetime. People's uh, concerns as they age or people's major concerns as they age are two things. It's health and care. I'm, I'm saying that as one point, health and care and finances. Moving into a, a life right senior living community addresses those two concerns. Health and care are taken care of by the care infrastructure within the community. <clears throat> and the life right enables certainty on monthly levies. And it ensures that your, that the cash available to you in your lifetime is not going to the economic benefit of the operator. That it only goes to the economic benefit of the operator once you are no longer around. So that's why we, it's generally referred to overseas as a, as a pay on exit model. It's a very efficient way to use your capital and pay for the services you're getting during your lifetime, possibly after your lifetime. If I can explain very it that way. Uh, and, and, and certainly something that people, uh, I think should, should have a look at. Now, Barry, driving the other day in the Sydenham area, uh, just past the Royal Johannesburg golf course, I couldn't help but noticing uh, a few different houses that are not there anymore and in their place a big big pile of sand and a, and a concrete mixer i believe you had something to do with that uh yes uh, so we're very excited we're building a, a brand new aurea senior living community as you said in sandringham uh, overlooking it's on land that, that we acquired from the golf course 
Um, it overlooks the Royal Johannesburg Golf Course. Uh, beautiful views. That would be um, it's, it's apartments um, with all the amenities that I described earlier. So we'll have uh, multiple dining options, coffee shop, uh, restaurant, um, cinema, bridge club, a full wellness center with an indoor pool, physiotherapist, biokineticist, a frail care, dementia care, and of course about 125 um, independent living apartments ranging from studios to three-bedroom units all with um, beautiful views, um, many of them overlooking the golf course. And uh, it's really an exciting project that uh, will will bring um, the best in global senior living right into right into Sandringham. So we're very excited about this. We've had a, a, a lot of interest in it. And um, it's really going to be a game changer for, for those older adults living in the area. So if people want to have a look at that, then as you say, a fabulous uh, positioning right there on, on the Royal Golf Course and, and in, an, in an area which I'm sure members of this community would, would, as you say, because it's nearby where many of them were living in terms of where our radio station is, et cetera. Uh, how can they go about looking at what's on offer and, and, and contacting you guys about what they can what they can see and, and potentially purchase. Yeah, the best way would be to contact us. There's, a, there's an email address. It's info at aurea.co.za or they could go onto our website, aurea.co.za um, and uh, learn more about uh, the Royal View development and uh, be in touch with us and, and, and you know, just give us their details and, and we'll certainly be in touch with them and give them all the information required. And, and great to see that this is not your first rodeo. I mean, you guys have... Uh, others in in Bryanston and Mara. So, so this is just a, a nice new addition to to your already existing yeah. portfolio. Yeah, we currently have about we, we have three operational communities: two in Johannesburg, one in Cape Town. Um, we have in total about uh, seven hundred residents um, across those communities, and uh, we've won quite a few international awards um, for the work we've done in the senior living space uh, awards out of the US. Um, and, um, yeah, I, th- I think the important thing about people moving into these senior living communities, and I always say it, is the first thing one should do is, is speak to the existing residents and, 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 you know, find out their experience of living in a community run by the specific operator. Um, and, you know, th- th- there's no better yardstick, um, for the quality of the operation than speaking to the existing residents. I would encourage people to do that wherever they're thinking of moving to. Um, but yes, as you say, we, we are experienced in the space. Uh, we've been doing it for quite some time. And, uh, we do, this is our, this is our fourth community. Uh, Royal View will be our, our fourth community. Yeah. Well, there you go. Barry Kaganson. Go check it out. www.aurea.co.za to have a look at Aurea Senior Living. Uh, Barry, thank you so much for joining us on the new Blue Review. Thanks, Benji. Thanks for having me on the show.